Turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 6. That's our text today, Judges chapter 6. Father, we pray your anointing upon me as I present your word. <laughs> and Lord God, we just, we're blessed to be here. We, this is for you and about you. May your word go forth and do what you have intended it to in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. I don't know what pastors would do if we didn't have that expression. And everyone said, we, we'd be in trouble. We say, oh, I got me giggling now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Judges chapter 6. <laughs> Last week in, in the first part of this series of ghost stories, we looked at the not-so-spooky truth uh, about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and we stated, number one, part, the first point was that uh, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, isn't a Hollywood ghost, not this, this ghostly thing, a sheet flying through the sky and all that, but in reality, the Holy Ghost is a divine person, a God person, the third person of the Trinity, equally God with the Father and the Son, equal in character, equal in attributes, equal in nature, with an intellect, a mind, with a will, and with a mind, will, and with emotions, just like we have, a mind, will, and emotions. We went over that uh, the Holy Spirit... Uh, with an intellect, uh, can, can actually think as a person thinks, and with a will can make decisions because God has gave to the Holy Spirit the administration of the church and of our lives. So the Holy Spirit can decide what's best for us and have a will, but also emotions, and we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And I used to wonder, well, what does that mean, you can grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, I explained last week, just like when you lose a loved one or, or someone hurts you deeply and you grieve, you know, we've all grieved, and the Holy Spirit can grieve. And so we, we, we saw that. Secondly, we saw and explored the fact that the Holy Spirit is not someone to be afraid of, to be feared, but that He is our comforter, our counselor, our helper, and our guide, our parakletos in Greek. And we shouldn't fear him. We shouldn't think of him as this mystical, far-off thing. But in reality, he is here with us, and we should run and embrace him as a child runs and embraces a loving parent. And we saw that, that the Holy Spirit, lastly, and, and we studied the fact that he isn't hard to know. He's not hard to understand. He's not hard to hear from. And that when you know Jesus Christ, you know the Holy Spirit. And that when you understand the Word of God, you understand the Holy Spirit. And that when you hear from God, you're actually hearing from the Holy Spirit. So last week our conclusion was that we should all believe in Him as God. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is God. And so we should believe in Him, but we should receive him also into our lives instead of some far-off person. Of, who is that? Yeah, he's just part, like a third cousin or something of God. But we should receive him as God. We should love him and we should pray to him also, just as we do in the name of Jesus. 
And we ended it by saying, he's not too spooky after all, is he? Now today in part two, I want to go over a story. I want to I present to you a character. And I want to show you specifically how the Holy Spirit in this character's story impacted his life and the life of his country and all of those people that were in his influence. Of course, it's the story of Gideon. Most of us are familiar with what happened with Gideon, but not many of us understand how important the Holy Spirit was in that story. And so that's what we're going to explore today. Next week, and we're going to draw our three points from that, next week we're going to have another character, okay? And then the last week, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in you, okay? So we're going to say the Holy Spirit here upon these two guys and the Holy Spirit in you, okay? It's amazing when we look at Gideon how God can take a person like him with all of his faults, all of his insecurities, all of his things that you'll see in a second, and turn him into what God told him he would be, a mighty man of valor. And in our case, that we could become mighty men or ladies of valor, just as God did. So we're going to look at what happened with Gideon, and if we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and take charge of our lives, that not just in a general way, but in every specific place, every little detail of every situation in our lives, that it's possible for us to be just like Gideon. Now, if you're in Judges chapter 6, I'm going to tell you the story before I read the proof text, before I read the actual scripture that I want to read. Let's just go over the story for a second in chapter 6 of Gideon. Now, the scripture says that the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so God turned them over to a foreign power, to a foreign nation called the Midianites. The Midianites were very cruel people. Very, very cruel, very mean, ugly people. Okay, And God turned Israel over to them. Okay, For seven years he gave them over. Now that's history. God does that all through the Bible. If you stray from God, he will turn you over to a foreign power, to an evil power. And he did that. And these people were so oppressive and so mean and so aggressive that the Israelites went into the mountains and they hid in the caves and the, and, and the cliffs and, the, and, and all that kinds of stuff. When they would plant their crops and when it was season to, to harvest their crops, the Midianites would come in and, and Scripture says they were, like, they were like locusts. They would come in and they would just ruin everything. They would trample the crops. They would steal everything. They would ravage, it says, everything. And it impoverished the Israelites. It turned them into poor people. And Scripture says they cried out to the Lord for help. Now, that's Israel's pattern. They would, they would leave from God. They would serve other gods. They would turn from their Lord, from their God, and he would turn them over to evil powers. They would cry out for help. They would repent, and God would receive them back. Does that sound familiar a little bit? Yes, it's, it's just like every one of us. And Scripture says when they cried out to God, he sent them a prophet. That prophet is not named. And that prophet said to them, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and the hand of your oppressors. I drove them before you, gave you their land. 
And I said, do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. But an angel of God came and sat down under an oak tree that belonged to a man named Joaz, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Gideon was fearful. He was hiding in a wine press. A wine press is in those days was a big walled thing. And they would go in there and they would press the grapes down and press it to make the juice and for the wine. So he wasn't seen. He was hiding. He wasn't on the threshing floor, which is out in the open. He was in fear and he was hiding from the Midianites so that he could save the wheat. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. In your version, it may say, mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you. And Gideon goes for the next part of this chapter and he starts revealing his real character. He says, but sir, why has God allowed this to happen to us? What happened to these stories our fathers would tell about how strong and, and, and how great the things we did? Didn't God bring us out of Egypt? And he started saying, why has God done this? And the Lord turns back to him and says, am I not sending you? Gideon, I've chosen you to go and deal with these Midianites. And he says, but my clan is the weakest of Manasseh and, and I'm the least in the whole clan. He says, our clan's the weakest and I'm the runt of the whole bunch. And he goes on and on and on and he starts making excuses and he starts doing all kinds of stuff. And God looks at him and says, I want you to do one thing first of all. I want you to go and tear down your father's altar, your father's altar. He's been worshiping other gods, the God of Baal. And he said, go tear down that altar. Well, Gideon was too chicken. He didn't even go during the daylight. He went at night and tore it down. He didn't want anybody to see him because he was afraid. Now listen to this, verse 35, now all the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. This is like if right here on the Gulf of Mexico, the greatest armies, the meanest, ugliest people, the most powerful armies had their navy and their ships about to attack, and look what happens, and here's your, your proof text for today, verse 34. Listen to this. L listen to this. Then the Spirit of the Lord, say with me, the Holy Ghost. Then the Spirit, I looked it up in every translation, it's capital S in every translation. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Let me read it again. Then the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. Then the Holy Spirit came upon Gideon, and Gideon blew a trumpet, summoning all of those around him and sending messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, also to Asher, Zebulon, Nebuchadnezzar, so that they too went up to meet them. Then the Spirit of the Lord 
came upon Gideon. And Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you have promised, I will place a fleece before you. He says, I got a little courage. You know, in French, I have a little courage, a little courage here. But he said, give me one more proof here. He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to put this fleece before you. You know what a fleece is? It's, it's like a, a wool cloth, a, a, a deal. It's, and he said, I'm going to put this before you. And he said, he said I'm, please, uh, if the ground's wet and, and the cloth is, I mean, if, if the ground's uh, dry and the cloth is wet tomorrow morning, it, it'll be a sign. So he went and that's what happened. He said, okay, now let's do the opposite. If tomorrow morning the ground is wet and the cloth is dry, he said, then I'll take it as you. And so God said, okay, I'll do that. And he got his proof. Now listen to me. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and comes upon you, that's what it said, upon, came upon. That means clothed. That means embraced. That means flowing on. That means all over you. Like someone would take a picture. You have someone pour a picture of beer or something over you? The Spirit of the Lord was poured upon him and clothed him and empowered him. And at that point, everything in Gideon's life changed. Now, I'm gonna, I want to point out three things that the Holy Spirit showed me on this. I've preached on Gideon before, but never this, never the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit guided me. That's what's cool about preaching on the Holy Spirit because he tells you what to preach about himself. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, all of your methods change. All of your ideas of how we're going to do this change. Everything changes when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Look at chapter 7. Listen to this. Early in the morning, Jeroboam, that is Gideon, they had changed his name. All of his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into your hands, in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength saved her. Announce now to the people, listen to this, anyone who trembles with fear may go back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left. They were afraid. 22,000 left. And 10,000 stayed. And the Lord said to Gideon, There's still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will dwindle them down there. Now that's my interpretation. It says I will sift them there. And those who go and drink water as a dog does, lapping it with their tongue, put over here, and those who go and take it with their hand and scoop up the water and drink the water, he said put them over here. He said, separate them together. And when he did that, it dwindled from 10,000 to 300 men. And the Lord said to Gideon, 
with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give Midianites into your hand. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent them back home. And he had 300 people. Now the camp of the Midianites lay below him in the valley. During that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up and go down against the camp. Go next to it, because I'm going to give them into your hand. Now, listen. Listen carefully. God's methods are not always what we think would seem very practical or even normal. His methods are different than ours. Scripture says that it, it's, it's foolishness that confounds the wise. Where's Brother Daniel in here? Is Brother Daniel still? He's, he's back in children's church, okay? Uh, bro, Brother Darren, ex-Marine. Let me explain something to y'all. This is not the kind of strategy that they teach at West Point or Paris Island. They don't teach them, we're fixing to go, and I was hoping Brother Daniel would be in here because he served two tours in Afghanistan, one in Iraq, one in Afghanistan. We have any vet veterans in here that served? Okay, other, other than Daniel in, in this war. And the reality is that your generals don't say, we're going in and we're going to take Iraq, we're going into Baghdad. But listen, we're going to leave all the tanks and we're going to leave most of the soldiers. Yeah, here's Brother Daniel, and I'm going to ask some questions. When you were in Afghanistan and, and Iraq, did your superiors tell you, we're going to go in here and take this country, but we want you to leave your M-16s, and we want you to, and we want you to dwindle down your troops down, and we're going to go from 30,000, Daniel, to 10,000, and then we're going to go to 300. No, that's not what they tell them. They call for reinforcements. Is that correct? And you never leave your weapon. But God says, hold on, I have a different plan here. I have different methods than West Point. I have different ways of getting things accomplished than the ways you think they should be accomplished. Because how many of you have heard that expression? Now listen carefully. God's ways are not our ways. It really is the truth. It's not your typical strategy to do things, okay? We tend to be more logical than spiritual, more practical than adventurous. Now, why did God do this seemingly silly thing and dwindle him from 30,000 to 300? Verse 2 said it. I read it a while ago. He said, you have too many men because he said, I don't want Israel bragging that they did this in their own strength. God wants me and you to know and to trust him Enough that no matter what the method is and how silly it seems to the world, no one is going to get the glory except him. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, hold on, folks, because you're in for an adventure. He will tell you to do the most illogical, stupid-seeming things that you have ever done in your life. Have you been there? Raise your hand. Yes. Look at Joseph. He was the laughing stock of his brothers, and God used him to save the entire nation. Look at King David. He was the runt of the group, and he killed the giant with a slingshot. Look at Daniel, who turned down prime rib and sirloin steak for vegetables and grains, 
and spent the night sleeping with some lines. Have you ever seen a real line? He was sleeping with more, and he became respected and honored and brought glory to God, and the entire nation worshiped our God. Look at Elijah, who went to a starving widow and said, give me your last flower and your last oil and start making. Does that make any sense in the logical? No, none whatsoever. Look at the apostle Paul, a murderer, a persecutor of Christians. He meets Jesus. He meets the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and he writes 13 books in the New Testament and plants churches all over the world. The Holy Ghost came upon each one of these men and their human, natural, logical methods and thinking of saying this doesn't make sense to do this ended and it changed everything dramatically in their lives. And God wants to do the same in your life. The Holy Ghost wants to do the same in your life. When the Holy Ghost came upon me, To go into the ministry full time. I had been working on the railroad for 24 years. I had six years for full retirement. They retire with big bucks. And I knew because the Holy Spirit had come upon me that I had to do this. And I'll never forget sitting at the desk with my supervisor. His name was Maxie Rodriguez and looking at Maxie and I had my railroad key and my book and everything after 24 years and he looked at me and he shook his head. I'll never forget that. He shook his head and he looked at me. He said, you, you, what are you doing? Why do you want to do this? It made no sense to him whatsoever. He said, you finally got to work daylights and weekends off and he said, after 24 years, and he said, you're going to do what? You're going to dwindle down from 30,000 to 10,000 to 300 people? You're going to give this up and you're going to go? And I said, yeah, Maxie, I got to. You see, the Holy Spirit had come upon me. Doesn't make any sense to do something like that, does it? Say, but That doesn't make any sense. I think there were quite a few people who thought I was crazy. I think there's quite a few people who thought Gideon was crazy. But the Holy Ghost was upon him, and the methods had changed drastically. Number two, simple, simple points the Holy Spirit gave me. Minds, the way of thinking will change completely. Look at verse 10 of chapter 7. Let me read that to you. God tells Gideon, if you are afraid to attack... Go down to the camp with your servant and listen to what they're saying after you will be encouraged. So he and his servant, uh, Pura, went down to the outpost of the camp. They snuck down to their camp, to the Midianite camp, and they were just listening, okay? And Gideon arrived, it says, just as a man was telling a friend his dream in the Midianite camp, in the enemy's camp. And he said, I had a dream a, a big round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp and it struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. And his friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites into the whole camp, into their hands. And when Gideon heard the dream that the man, he was listening And its interpretation, he worshiped God. Now listen to this. He returned to the camp of the Israelites and he called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. And dividing the 300 men into three companies, he gave them trumpets and empty jars 
and torches inside the jars. He basically gave candles or flashlights and trumpets. Here, we come from 30,000 to 300. Now, here's your M16, a flashlight <laughs> and a trumpet. All right? Take a trumpet and take a flashlight, guys. All right? And then all around he says, watch me and follow my lead. And when I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with you blow our trumpet, then all around the camp blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Now, listen to this. This was the same guy who's hiding in the wine press. This is the same guy who says, but sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? This is the same guy who said, but Lord, I am the weakest of the weakest tribe there is. This is the same guy in verse 17 who says, but Lord, give me a sign. Let me go and return with my offering, and then you can please give me that sign. This is the same guy who goes and tears down his father's altar to Baal at night because he's too scared to go during the day. This is the same man, the same man, who said, please, Lord, give me one more proof with this fleece before the ground. This is the same man who now says, follow me, watch me, and here is your flashlight, and here is your trumpet. Now, who does the first one sound like? If you got a hand in here, raise it. Because every one of us, Come on, this is an interactive church. You've you got to take part in this. Who does the first guy sound like? Us. Right? Who does the second guy sound like? Us after he comes upon us. That's when you say, June, we can do this. June, we're going to make it. Church, we're going to make it. The devil's against us right now. There's stuff being said about us right now. Shell wants to take us down. Listen to me, church. We're going to make it. Because the Holy Ghost is upon us. My children are doing this and that. My family is laughing at me. We have problems. We have illness. We have things going on. But listen to me, church. The Holy Ghost is upon us. And we're going to make it. And we're going to come out victorious. Because this second guy right here is the same guy that was the first one. Okay? Now this is, this is really the cool part. This, this is the cool part. Listen, listen to this. He says, go down there and blow your trumpets and break your jars so they can see your flashlight, your torch. All right? And he said, I want you to just start shouting a sword for the Lord. And a sword for Gideon. Okay? Faith and strength had entered into his mind and then dropped down into his spirit because the Holy Spirit had spoken something to him and then it settled into his Spirit, have you in your life ever said, June, we can't do this. The numbers just aren't 
there. June, what, look what it looks like. Have you ever said that with your children or with your business or with your job? It's just not logical and it doesn't add up in the natural. Look at what they're doing now. Look at what's happening now. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, He says what He told me when we first started this church way back when. And I was trying so hard and doing this and trying and, every, and, and killing myself. And the Holy Spirit said, listen to me, quote, you've heard it before. He said, sit down, boy, and watch what I'm going to do. How many of you have heard me say that before? That's a literal quote. He said, sit down, boy, and watch what I'm going to do. And at that point, your mind starts changing. You say, hold on here. This is a whole different show because the Holy Ghost has come upon me. And at that point in your life, third point, that's when miracles start happening. Watch this miracle, 719, chapter 7, verse 19 through 25. Listen to this miracle. Listen to this. And if Daniel and, and, and Darren, you know this is true, military, ex-military man. Listen to this. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the watch at the guard change. They blew their trumpets, broke the jars, pulled out their flashlights, the three companies blew the trumpets and smashed their jaws, grasping the torches in their left hand and holding in their right hand the trumpet that they were to blow, and they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. They had a flashlight and a trumpet, and they're hollering, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And while each man held his position around the camp, listen to this miracle, all the Midianites, this is some tough cookies, all of these Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. And when the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp, the Midianites, to turn on each other with their swords. Is that a pretty natural thing, Brother Darren? For soldiers in the own army to turn and start shooting each other. Is it normal at West Point or when you were at Paris Island, was it normal? Did they tell y'all, look guys, when you hear people saying a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon and when they got flashlights and they're blowing trumpets, y'all start shooting each other. You see, miracles happen when the Holy Ghost shows up and when you listen to him and when you follow him and that's what happened here. A miracle. And they chased them down and chased them down. And it says at the end of that chapter, they captured two of their leaders, Oreb and Zeb, and they killed them in the wine press. Isn't that kind of a, a strange thing? They killed one of their leaders in the wine press. Same place that it started. It started in the wine press and it ended in the wine press. Is that cool? With flashlights and with trumpets. Listen to me, church. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, like Gideon, and wait till you hear next week. Holy Spirit already given me next week's God. 
when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you don't need an M16. You see this right here? You see my little flashlight? I don't have a trumpet. You see this? The Holy Spirit says, take this little flashlight and I want you to hold this flashlight up and I want you to get your trumpet and I want you to say a sword for the Lord and a sword for, say your name. Come on church, y'all getting this? Methods change. They change. Minds change when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And miracles start happening when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Healings happen, Miss Teresa. Healings happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're worshiping Him. Children are released from bondages. Relationships are restored. Minds are changed and people come up to you and say, you know what, you're not that bad a guy after all. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Everyone stand. And then you dance like David danced, Miss June said. All right, this is what I want to do. Here's, here's my torch. I don't have a trumpet. Last time I think I preached, I did this. This was a few years ago. I preached on, on Gideon. It wasn't a Holy Ghost message, but, but I want to do it again. I want everyone in here, say with me right now. Come on, church. I want you to say with me, a sword for the Lord. Say it. Come on, here it is, right here. I want you, if you have a little flashlight on your keychain, pull it out right now. A sword for the Lord. Say it with me. And a sword for, say your name. I'm going to say Marshall. Let's try it. But this time when we finish, I want you to say your name. How many of you in here have some Midianites? <laughs> Come on, brother. We got an honest Marine right here. How many of you got some Midianites? Come on. Come on now. I'm going to try it again. A sword for the Lord and a sword and say your name. I'm going to say Marshall. I got some Midianites too. I'm honest, brother. I'm too old and gray. I'm not going to start lying now. Come on, let's say it right now. A sword for the Lord. And a sword for Marshall. Not, don't say Marshall. Say your name. A sword for the Lord. And a sword for 